You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast for casual weather conversation. I'm Min Fon. And I'm Castle Williams. In today's episode, we will be talking about elections and how they're impacted by weather. We'll have some documents and literature that discusses how rain and inclement weather can actually affect voter turnout. And with the increase in temperatures across much of the United States, we're kind of wondering if heat may be impacting voter turnout or maybe even decisions made by voters. So we'll take a look at that. And then in the past few months with Hurricane Matthew and Hermine, how does that affect the political process and the re-election of certain uh, political appointees? We'll look into that as well. And last, we'll have our social hour and our songs of the week. Stay tuned, because Weather Hype is coming up next. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better Put your faith in Hey, man, how's it going? Boo. Happy Halloween! You said you never say happy Halloween. I didn't, but you said boo, so I had to respond. You should have said boo-hoo. Been like, boo-hoo, who's crying? <laughs> Lord of day. Hmm. Anyway, um, so you don't, you're not really doing anything for Halloween today, I assume? No, I am going to be putting together a proposal outline after we get done with this. So exciting. So if somebody knocks on your door or uh, rings the doorbell, you're going to hand them your proposal? Trick or treat. Here's my paper literature on heat and baby safety. (laughs) Yeah, I probably won't hear them. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Well, you know, with Halloween coming up today and then the big elections happening next Tuesday, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it'd be really appropriate if we talk about how weather can impact elections. Yeah. How about that? Have How about you, them apples? Have you voted yet? No, I haven't. I've been doing some digging on some of the local candidates that I have to vote for here in uh-huh. good old Pitt County, North Carolina. Um, so I figured, you know, the presidential election and voting for a president is really important. But yes. you have to really look into the local candidates, too, because they help to shape policy locally. And then that starts to emanate um to a higher level to state and then federal so um a lot of times i don't think people do vote for their local officials very much or they're kind of misinformed so just doing a little bit of digging before i uh go out and vote i haven't decided if i'm going to vote next tuesday on election day or vote early but i will definitely be voting yeah also you have to make sure and examine those proposals and policies that the states are considering implementing some of that language can be really confusing and persuasive like oh this is like this really nice thing that you should vote for when in actuality it's not (laughs) especially in georgia with the whole uh school takeover yeah um policy by the governor which is interesting but uh, we'll get into that later or may not get into it at all all you have to know is politics can be corrupt quite a lot and do your research yes definitely do your research but yeah so we decided that we wanted to talk about weather and elections and uh, how they kind of go hand in hand. And there have been a lot of people who have said that, yeah, rainfall will uh, drive voter turnout lower and people actually won't come out. So it's interesting to actually see research that actually points out that very fact. There was one study that we looked at um, entitled The Republicans Should Pray for Rain, <laughs> which is kind of a interesting uh, a good article by uh, Gomez and uh, Hansford and Krauss, I believe. Interesting as well, 
did you know that that person went to Georgia? Uh, once I read it, I did. I've never heard of them. But I wonder, I wonder what either. department they're in because it doesn't say. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, I don't think they're from the geography department where we were in, but it would have been seemed like it'd be pretty appropriate. It would have been a good collaboration for sure. I don't know who else in our department has been around since '07, but I'd be curious to know if anybody knows who that person is. Um, but anyway, they used um, twenty-two thousand weather stations to obtain weather information, and they also used um, geospatial data from GIS. Then looked at 3,000 different counties and 14 presidential elections. And it's interesting that what they found was for every one inch of rain that fell, voter turnout would decrease in that area by 1%. And then for snowfall, for every one inch of snow, it would decrease voter turnout by half of a percent. They used a lot of different types of information uh, to come to that conclusion. They used regional uh, variations in climate data. So that pretty much is saying that if they found that there was rainfall in Seattle, Washington, and this time of the year it rains a lot in Seattle, which pretty much means it probably won't have much of an impact on voter turnout because people there are more used to it as opposed to if you're in the desert southwest and you get rainfall. Uh, People aren't as used to that rainfall, which probably means it'll affect voter voter turnout more. So they included Mm -hmm. climate data to kind of come up with their uh, conclusion. They also found that the rain is more impactful on Democratic Party turnout and turnout for the more liberal party, which is very interesting, which they were saying that if there is rain in the forecast and uh, certain people want to have increased turnout, they're definitely going to want to use tools to mobilize people to you know, drive other people to the polls. A lot of you know, political organizations locally will offer rides to the poll. And if it's raining in your area and you really want to increase turnout, then definitely offering a uh, ride to the poll would probably work around the problem of uh, it being rainy and not great weather. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting because the article states it's conventional wisdom that actually reduces the likelihood that Democratic voters will go out and also that peripheral voters are more likely to vote for Democratic. So people that are looking more at just like the the wow factor, I guess, they're not really elaborating as much on the different issues at hand. They're more likely to vote Democratic. And so I thought that was so interesting. I don't even know. Um, I would never have guessed Democratic. Would you have guessed Democratic? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I kind of just thought it would be all the way around. It would just, you know, affect yeah. re- Republicans, Democrats, and everybody. I never really thought that there would be more of an impact on a certain party. But that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, but um, so even though it was conventional wisdom, they never really cited anyone. But then a Weather Channel... Uh, survey actually agreed with those results. They said among registered voters, more voters, uh, actually 28% supporting Barack Obama in the 2012 election, are likely to say that bad weather would have a significant or moderate impact on them getting to the polls versus 19% of Romney voters. Well, maybe if you go with the understanding that the Democratic Party is much more diverse in who um, the people are voting for Mm -hmm. for them, so in terms of socioeconomic backgrounds, it, te- right. it tends to look like um, those who are poor, those who have less resources may be leaning more liberal. So maybe that it would be a way that it would affect them. Mm-hmm. So that could be something that uh, that would be considered. And not only in the United States is weather potentially impactful on an election, there have been a f- couple of um, other international studies that we looked at which show that potentially rainfall and inclement weather would be bad for uh, voter turnout. So there's a study in Spain, it's called 
the rain in Spain, <laughs> turnout and partisan voting in Spanish elections. They These people really love their creative titles. And it looked at 3,000 different weather stations in Spain on election day and also found the same thing, that rain decreases turnout. And then that rain and inclement weather actually benefited the independent parties more than they did either the liberal or conservative parties. But then in Sweden, they had a similar study as well, looking at 11 different elections with 140,000 people taking part in an election. But there was no statistical significance showing that rainfall actually affected voter turnout. So, And the interesting thing is in that Sweden study, they pointed out that in Sweden, they have lower costs to vote. So people are more likely to go vote because they, when they weigh their costs and benefits, the benefits are higher to them personally because, one, they don't have to register to vote. And two, the vote occurs on a Sunday, so they don't have to wait until after work to go and vote. So if it's raining in the morning, they can just wait and go vote in the afternoon. So those rain effects or those weather effects may not be as prominent because if it's on a Sunday, they can kind of wait out the rain before they go and vote. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I also think it's really interesting going back to that for every one inch of rain, voter turnout decreases by 1%. It's interesting to think about how uncertainty information can be so different in various contexts so like initially when i saw this decreases by one percent i was like oh well that's not very significant like one percent if there's a one percent chance of rain today then like there's definitely not going to be rain but when voter turnout decreases by one percent if it's a really tight election then that's like everything right there so and then also i mean for every one percent or one inch of rain i don't know i feel like if there was a five five inches of rain you can't say there's a five percent voter turnout decrease. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be catastrophic flooding wherever you are, which would probably, you know, shut down all the elections. I don't know. Right? You know what I mean? There yeah. has to be other factors that are included. Um, you know, with a hurricane, if a hurricane came through and it dropped twenty inches of of uh, rain, I don't think I think there's going to be zero percent turnout. Just saying, you know, they have other bigger uh, fish to fry in that situation. I assume. Yeah, but I mean, those that study is basing it or off of like oh, only so much rain happened. I think, like, the maximum rain was, like, four inches of rain Oh, okay. in the, like, on each election day for the past 14 elections. So, and I think they said in that case it was, like, 3% voter turnout decrease. And then I think um, the biggest snowfall was seven inches, and that was a decrease of, like, 2.5% or something like that. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. they took into consideration as much as they could, but, like, they only had a limited amount of data so yeah, I think further research could kind of pick out those disaster scenarios. This kind of research is, is good, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about it, but in terms of application, do you think that people can actually use this data to kind of work in the future for future elections? Like political parties can use this data to do different things, or is this more of a novelty kind of research where it's like, oh, now we actually do know that rainfall and bad weather can affect an election? Hmm, that is a very good question. I feel like it has some use, but I'm struggling to figure out what that use is right now. I think, okay, maybe if they, since they know this, perhaps if there is a high chance of rain, then they could pull funds together and have like people bust to the voter, the voter, uh, place. I don't know what it's called. Wait, the voting place? Yeah. Like where people go to vote. Voting precinct? Yeah. Whatever that is. Okay. And so I guess if they know that there's a high chance of rain or a high chance of thunderstorms or whatever, they could make plans ahead of time to bus people that are in their camp to the voter <laughs> precinct. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. 
I know what you mean. So they're like, they're, it just sounded weird. You're like busing people to a camp. <laughs> like, are they going to camp or are they going to okay. vote? Like, what, what are they doing? Sorry. People who are in the Hillary camp who are like, okay, now supporters <laughs> of her, then they can, yeah, yeah, yeah then yeah, she yeah. could be like volunteers. Let's just say okay, volunteers. volunteers. No, there's no camp. The camp has a weird connotation, especially when you're talking about politics. Okay. Whatever. I just heard people say that. I'm in the Hillary camp. camp. Ugh. Anyway. Well, anyway. <laughs> If they if they had that information and they knew it was going to rain, then they could bus their volunteers or people that have been supporters of Hillary to a location yeah. where they could vote for her. Yeah, I think that could be um, that would be the immediate application I could see for this kind of stuff. Unless they wanted to try to manipulate the weather for election day or something. In different oh my locations. lord! It's like over this city, we're gonna have great beautiful weather, and over that area, battleground part, we're gonna have <laughs> yeah. Now that would be crazy. Slash, let's not put ideas in people's heads yeah, because then real. they're gonna they're gonna think it's actually happening. It's not real. It can't happen. Another thing that I had a question about was whether this information is still as valid now that more states are allowing early voting. So is weather a big of a deal now that early voting is kind of a trend that's happening? Ooh. Asking the tough questions, are we? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I um, I mean, despite the fact that some states like Cough, Cough, North Carolina are trying to, you know, decrease the amount of early voting days, or don't know why. Um, yeah, that's a very interesting point to see that if you have more days to vote, then the whole convenience factor is increased because you have uh, more opportunities and you don't have to vote on just one day. Because the absentee ballot, same thing, right? You don't have to have great weather to have something mailed out to you. Unless you're so inconvenienced, you don't want to walk to your mailbox, which would be kind of sad on your part. <laughs> I think there's almost like, I've done absentee ballot now, twice. And it's I feel like there's almost more cost to do that because you have to like download this form, fill it out, fax it in, get the mail in the mail, fill out the ballot, then mail it back. So I feel like have you Have you voted in person before? No, I haven't. Dude, you should do it. It's like part of the experience. I know. That's like one of the things. I don't like new experiences, though. And you know this about me. So when I'm... But you went jet skiing and you ate a salad. Well, that's... So you okay. need to go vote for the first time. <laughs> That'll be a whole new segment in like four <laughs> years. Castle goes to vote for the first time. No. You can you can vote in the 2018 election for governor. Okay. For North Carolina... Or for Georgia. I just like... Since I'm registered in Calhoun, like I would have to go back to Calhoun to vote. I'm not registered in Athens. Wait, you never moved your voting place to Athens? No, I didn't. So how do you vote for like your um, local people in Calhoun? Do you know about them? Yeah. Okay. Plus, I told you there's only Republicans, so I had like there was only one person for each position, so I, I was forced mm. to choose. With regard to, we talked about rain and inclement weather. I've been saying inclement a million times. Um, but you had some insight on potentially how temperature and more so heat can affect potentially how uh, people vote and what issues they vote for and maybe what candidate they vote for too, right? So yeah, that's a very good point that you bring up. And that's kind of what sparked this podcast a little bit as I saw a video on ABC News that showed kind of a sky cam view of an early voting day in Atlanta. And it was like... 80 84 degrees something like that and people were standing outside waiting in line in order to get into the voting precinct 
And so I was starting to think, well, there's snow, there's rain, those things impact voter turnout. What does heat do? Because we're kind of experiencing warmer temperatures across much of the U.S. this time of year than we normally do. So I don't know if people are used to, especially in some states, voting in warmer weather than in, in previous years. So I started to think like, could this have impact on their likelihood to vote? Like, are they willing to go out and stand in the 80 degree heat for however long before they get into the voting precinct? Or even two, does it affect their vote, like who they're going to be voting for? So one of the biggest things that came to mind is when I was a psychology undergrad, we had this social psychology class and we had to write papers every week on different social psychology topics. And every time I would pick a climate related one, because obviously that's where my interest lies. And so I, I specifically remember this one that involved uh, warmer room temperatures led to uh, more likely uh, belief or understanding of climate change. And so I was thinking, hmm, perhaps there's some connection that we could draw here with uh, warmer temperatures, more likely belief that, they're cl- that there's climate change, and perhaps that would increase their intention or likelihood to vote for a candidate that believes in climate change. That's kind of a, a loose connection to make, I, I guess you could say, but that's kind of the, the direction I was going. And you're not trying to say that someone who's standing out in the hot heat would go in and vote for, say, Hillary Clinton because she is more of a climate change supporter. You're no. just saying that there potentially could be a connection with what kind of conditions people face. And then you said salience and how they right. think about things yes. and how they internally, what they're thinking about when they actually go and vote. Right. So I'm not saying it's going to be the forefront thought in their mind, like, oh my gosh, it's hot right now. That means it must be climate change. That means climate change issues are not important to Trump. So therefore I should vote for Hillary. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like you said, it's going to be more salient to them. So even though they're not specifically thinking about heat and uh, climate change issues, the fact that it's warmer outside may bring those climate change issues closer to the forefront of their mind. So when they're voting for someone, they may consider climate change as more important than other issues when they're making their decision, even though they don't necessarily specifically understand that they're thinking about climate change in such a mm-hmm. concrete manner, I guess. And we even, there was a study that we, we looked at, but we decided not to include necessarily, but I think it's interesting chewing gum, how you feel comfortable wise and temperature wise mm-hmm. and how that affects your voting. That was the study that we looked at was, was really bizarre. Um, talking about mint gum, cinnamon gum, and those who chew gum behave in a certain way when it comes to uh, voting. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, so there's a lot of these social psychology uh, uh, experiments that are being looked at that involve climate change, belief, and certain characteristics that you can do. So this one that you just mentioned in particular, they use cinnamon gum as a way to elicit climate change beliefs or increase someone's likelihood that climate change is occurring. So because they felt the warm sensation from the cinnamon gum, it actually triggered those or queued up those climate change beliefs and increased their perceived likelihood of it actually happening. But then with the uh, mint gum, they had the cooling sensation as opposed to a warming sensation, right? Right. So it reduced their likelihood or belief that climate change is occurring. And there's like, there's lots of different ones. Like I remember one specifically where they changed things in a room. So they brought someone into a room and they're like, we're going to have you fill out a public opinion survey on whether you like to garden or something, just some random topic. But in the room, they had either like they had like a palm tree, like a mini palm tree that was in the corner of the room. And in another room, 
they had like a spruce tree or some tree that was uh, normally or is associated with colder climates. And so just the difference of tree in the room increased someone or decreased someone's likelihood that climate change is occurring. Oh my god, yeah. that's insane. And they all what? there was and then another a version of that experiment is they put they hung a tropical picture on the wall and then they also hung like a snowy picture on the wall and that also increased or decreased likelihood oh of god. climate change. So Oh cool. That's so interesting. So if I want people to believe it, then definitely keep my <laughs> room hot or my whatever hot. And then have pictures of polar bears melting, or I guess the polar bears well, are melting, but polar bears drowning because of ice melting. And then just have tropical scenery. And people well, will be like, yeah, it's well, climate change. Well, the issue with those things is those are cues. So they're cueing that person in that moment to increase their likelihood, but the it doesn't make their attitudes very stable. So if you ask them two weeks later about their views on climate change, then they would probably revert back to what they were originally. So if you had a polling location and you're voting for a candidate, mm-hmm. then these cues could be used. Correct. So then you would have a warm polling location, mm-hmm. a potentially some imagery, some portraits of um, tropical climate, and then boom, there you go, influencing the election. Right. So <laughs> you, they should maybe break the break the air conditioner in these polling places so that it's a bit hot. Well, we might not have to do much with the whole uh, <laughs> thing with climate change happening anyway. We've had exactly. some really warm conditions. We just broke a record high in Savannah, I believe, yesterday of 86 degrees, I think. Um, and they're breaking records all across um, the country right now. So we may not need any help. I think uh, Mother Nature is kind of taking care of that on her own. Let's hope that people take this as a sign of like, oh, wow, this is a lot different than it was before. But I think it it comes down to a lot of the issues I think with climate change is people are being forced to consume information and then make a decision when in reality, I think they need to make the decision themselves. So we need to, we need to ease them and like provide like this narrative of these are the things that are coming to climate change. And then they need to be the one that's like, Oh yeah, there is climate change. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that like, it has to come from their brain and like their thought process for them to finally get it. I think. So we talked about a little bit of weather. We talked about a little bit of climate. So how do disasters affect an election? We've seen it before, and we will continue to see it more and more. But um, Hurricane Sandy in 2012 is a big example of how a disaster can affect the outcome of an election. So Hurricane Sandy hit the Northeast. A lot of storm surge flooding, a lot of uh, catastrophe up in that part in Long Island, uh, New York, New Jersey, and... When you're dealing with a major disaster, the president of the United States is oftentimes at the forefront of the media coverage of anything else. He'll have, you know, press conferences. He'll be out. You'll see video of him walking around and shaking hands and touring the devastation. Those kind of things are essentially a big PR move. You mm-hmm. have to look good. And when you look good, then people of the country will, will perceive you as doing a good job, even if you're really not doing much. With President Obama, he walked around and, and everyone saw that he seemed compassionate. He seemed to really care for the people. And unfortunately, you know, the disaster was a bad thing for so many people. A lot of lives are lost and a lot of um, livelihoods were, were greatly affected. But for a re-election, when President Obama is trying to get back into the uh, to the White House, this kind of event could be a make it or break it. And overall, people believe that he did a pretty good job 
you know, FEMA did a good job of responding. Um, the governor of New Jersey at the time, Chris Christie, applauded him and said he was outstanding. Um, and these things matter because when you're voting, you're thinking, okay, did he do a good job? I'll vote for him. And then at that time, Mitt Romney was saying that he wanted to get rid of FEMA and wanted to get rid of, you know, that entity of emergency management. And if you think back to that, then you're like, well, wait, FEMA helped out a lot during this devastation. President Obama helped out a lot. That really, you know, crumbled Mitt Romney's uh, campaign, especially for folks in that area. Um, so it's very interesting. And that happened right before the election as well. So people were definitely thinking about that event. And it didn't happen like months or years, you know, before the election. It happened literally a week or two. So very interesting to see how disasters affect it. And when you look at it now in 2016, with Hurricane Matthew and uh, Hermine, it was interesting to see how different governors were reacting mm-hmm. and being proactive as well. I said from the very beginning, um, and I could be wrong, but from what I saw, Governor Pat McCrory of North Carolina, he has a re-election bid up in 2016. So people are going to be voting for the next governor of North Carolina, and he is the incumbent, so he could be potentially get back in. With Hurricane Matthew, he was the first governor to declare a state of emergency and to get federal assistance ready to help if they needed it. His reasoning was because of really bad flooding in northeastern parts of uh, North Carolina with a lot of tropical rain that we've had and devastating agriculture and farmers. So he said, this state of emergency is really designed for agricultural purposes, not for, you know, overall uh, people in general. But he declared it way before Florida, Georgia, or South Carolina did, which is very interesting because Florida would have been the first to get hit. Neither governors of South Carolina, Georgia, or Florida are set for re-election this year. They're going to have their election in 2018 for governor. Um, but it's interesting to see how you have to be proactive and show to your uh, to the people of your state that you're being proactive, you're standing there, and you're going to do exactly what you need to do to take care of the situation in terms of a disaster. And when people look back at it, that'll immediately come to the mind. Like, did the governor screw up? Or did the governor do really well? And in North Carolina, you'll mm-hmm. remember that we had the most uh, fatalities in terms of flooding and heavy rain. And I think that in if you look at Hurricane Matthew in North Carolina and the governor, it actually had a detrimental effect. I think people are going to look and see, wow, you know, North Carolina didn't do so well. There are a lot of things that happened. And I'm not blaming the governor for what happened. That's not really his fault. But people will attribute the you know number of people who were killed and injured and homes being destroyed to him. And the fact that maybe even though he didn't do anything directly to that, they'll still say that it was a failure on his part. So it's really interesting to see if he gets reelected. And obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into the North Carolina governor election, including House Bill 2 um, and the catastrophe that that was. But it'd be very interesting to see how Hurricane Matthew, you know, even though that was a month ago, is going to be impacting um, how people vote. Yeah, this is so interesting. I didn't even think about it from this perspective until you brought it up. But like all the decisions that he made in Hurricane Matthew could have been as a reason for being reelected. So it's making me question like his Saffir Simpson press conference or whatever he had about how, you know, how we maybe should be rethinking the scale or redefining the scale to include all hazards. Yeah. And so that's making me think, was that just a PR stunt to reduce the like damage control yeah damage <laughs> control from all of the the fatalities that occurred so he's instead of blame the blame being falling on him he's shifting the blame to the saffir simpson scale i think with um with georgia's governor yeah he's not up for re-election this year but his response and how he kind of 
um, went about the whole Hurricane Matthew thing seemed very lackadaisical. He didn't seem like right. he was really on top of things. Um, the I-16, so Interstate 16 is a major artery out of Savannah westward towards Macon in the middle part of the state. They didn't even reverse that lane until, I believe, Thursday. And that's like less than a day before the hurricane mm-hmm. was supposed to have its impacts hitting the Georgia coast. So it's really interesting to see that that didn't really happen. And with South Carolina, she was uh, Nikki Haley, Governor Nikki Haley was very proactive, issued a state of emergency, issued a mandatory evacuation. I thought she was being a little premature, to be honest. But, you know, things went better in South Carolina, it seemed, in terms of getting people away from the coast. So even though South Carolina was going to get hit later, they issued everything ahead of time and Georgia waited. And why Georgia waited, I'm not really sure. But it's interesting to know. And uh, Florida's governor was very present on TV. He was out there on news uh, conferences every, you know, every few hours and telling people to get out and to leave. And it would seem that he doesn't really have a political motivation for it in terms of reelection. So not really sure how that plays into um, those states. But interesting to know. Uh, nevertheless. Yeah, it's it's like one more thing instead of like voter turnout, weather is affecting the governor of North Carolina's like likability score or whatever public opinion or what is yeah. what is the what is it called where like presidents go through like oh, approval count- rating, approval yeah, rating, approval rating. So weather is not impacting voter turnout in this scenario. It's impacting how much the public approves of this North Carolina governor. And this is kind of one of the last things that occurred before people started voting or not voting for him. So yeah, it's a different way that weather is impacting the election than just voter turnout. So what have you been up to since we last talked on the podcast? Well, I went to um, Shenandoah National Park. Did I tell you about that? I think I talked yeah, to you about did. it, but you I don't think I ever pod. Okay. You never podcasted about it. <laughs> no, we never podcasted about it. No. <laughs> so I went to Shenandoah National Park with a um, few uh, friends here at ECU and <laughs> it was, it was quite crazy. So here's the fun part. I looked at the weather and I knew that in our location, we're up in like 3000 feet elevation. Uh, there was a cold front coming through in Sanfropa. So then the winds were going to be forecast for 40 to 50 mile an hour gusts. Temperatures Ooh. were going to drop into the mid-30s, so the wind chills in the teens and single digits. So Ooh. that was extreme, and I f- had told everybody about that. I was like, you know, everyone need- needs to pack um, warm clothing. We all need to make sure we stay warm. And I was worried, like, man, our tents might fly away. Like, how the heck is that going to work? So we all prepared for it, but I don't think everybody truly understood how cold that would be, <laughs> especially when you come from Greenville, North Carolina. That was 85 degrees when we left. When we got Dang. to the campsite at night, mind you, when it's dark and windy and foggy, it was really scary driving up the mountain because we couldn't see much. We could only see like a foot in front of us with all that fog and rain was falling while we're driving into the park. So we were concerned that it would be pouring down on us, windy and cold as balls. So <laughs> we were a little worried about that and setting up a tent and getting a campfire to go is mm. nearly impossible with rain, wet and wind, you know? Yeah. But... It was, we got through it. The first night, no one could sleep at all. The tent was like shaking so much. Things were, um, our rain guard was flying off. It was so loud. And I was afraid that tree branches were going to fall onto our tent, you know, and mm-hmm. or a tree was going to fall. That was my concern. 
But the morning came and, you know, there was sunlight, but it was like in the 40s and like 30 mile an hour winds all day. So it was still really cold and chilly, but the foliage was really um, pretty. It was starting to get going. It hadn't uh, peaked quite yet when we went, but it was nice to go hiking. We got lost a little bit, but it was cool. Made marshmallows and burgers and stuff like that. So super duper enjoyable. And then last weekend, this past weekend, we went to um, Nags Head in the Outer Banks and kind of hung out around the beaches and stuff a little bit when it was like, 75 degrees so um completely two different experiences but (laughs) a lot of fun uh that we had for sure people are like do you go to grad school i'm like (laughs) yes there's a little bit of a lull right now and um what i'm doing uh for some reason my uh, professors have have um canceled classes for you know whatever reason that they have Mm -hmm. so we haven't had classes and obviously with hurricane matthew i didn't have class for like two weeks but yeah like i'm in the process of getting my research going so once I collect all the data, then I can analyze it. But right now, it's kind of a sit and wait in terms of uh, that information. Well, what have you been up to, sir? Uh, actually, I've been doing some surveying also, now that you bring yeah, it up. Yeah, you're walking around at people's <laughs> doors? Tell me about that. Okay, so for my survey methodology class, we are learning about how to make a random, like a random probability sample. And so to yeah. do that, we purchased voter registration records from Oconee County, which is the neighboring county to Athens. Okay. And so then from there, we drew like random names from the voter registration records. And then we assigned 30 names to each person in the class. And so we have those 30 people that we have to go and try and get like enough information to find them. And then we have to try and get them to take the survey. So we need 10 responses out of the 30 possible. And so I was able to get a few email addresses. And so I got three people to do it online. And then I got one person, this little old lady, she was so sweet, to do it over the (laughs) phone. And then I kept running into trouble. So I was like, I have to go door to door because this is due like really soon. Yeah. And so I did that yesterday and it was it was a smidget frightening. Like (laughs) this day and age, it's... You went by yourself too. Yeah, I went by myself. But I sent my GPS locations to my parents in case I got abducted. They could follow the the tracking. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Anyway, you you got to have a backup plan. I don't blame you. Yeah. So I was just a little intimidated because we kind of live... Everyone's a little touchy right now, especially like with the election and stuff. And this survey, we're asking them like their public opinion about the election, about immigration issues and about women's rights. So they're like very touchy subjects. And so the first guy I went up to, he got like really close to me, almost up in my face. And he was like, what's your survey about? Who are you? Who are you with? And and I was just like, it's for the University of Georgia. I'm in a journalism department and you can see all the information here. If you would kindly fill out the survey, I'd really appreciate it. And he was like, okay, yeah, sure. So, like, I don't know if he was, like, in, trying to intimidate me or something, but he was, like, all up in my face <laughs> asking me these questions. And then I went to one other guy, and he said, you need to get off my property right now. This isn't allowed, and I don't want you to ever what? come back. And, yeah. That's rude. So, yeah, it was rude. And then this other woman, I I rang the doorbell, and she answered the door, and she was like, I just laid my daughter down for a nap, and you probably woke her up. So, thank you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she was like, what do you want? And I was like, well, I'm doing a survey. And she's like, oh, okay, let's take it. And so she like what? came outside. <laughs> I know. So Wait, bizarre. Wait, she went from like completely rude yeah. to 
Yeah, to I'll take fine. it. That's yeah. so odd. I know it was. She was like, dude, if I were you, I would have, I would have gotten really angry. I'd been like, I'm so sorry, but not because who well, would have known? Right. I don't know. But I, I really need these responses, and so I was like, <laughs> I have to get this done. But yeah, so I that mean, was the really whole interesting. Rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. Like, it's yeah, not nice. I think I, mean, I think she was just like a new mom, and so she was very just like, yeah, tired and snippy and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. She was like, I just, I, 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 just I was really, I was finally getting to catch up on my Netflix, is what she said. Oh, okay. Well, so. I guess I can. Conf- I mean, as a not as a new mom, I'm clearly not a new mom. <laughs> but I've talked to a lot of people who are, and I I can get how frustrating it can be yeah. when you're, um, you know, raising a child and and it's really difficult when you don't get much rest. So yeah, I can I can get that. But yeah. still, you don't need to be yelling at you. Lord. But anyway, so I did that, and then I also went hiking slash not camping, but other people were camping <laughs> the same weekend. You're not you into were. you're not into camping, right? No, I don't. It's like, why do you want to be outside and sleep? That's not okay with me. I have considered... Yeah, but you like hiking. You I enjoy do, nature. I, but I love, like... I enjoy nature, but I don't want to stay there. I will stay out all day hiking, but then I want to come back home and shower and then get in my bed. I can feel you on that. I mean, the reason why I don't go camping is normally because I can't sleep. I'm a light sleeper. So even without all that wind, yeah, I probably wouldn't I be able to sleep at all. Plus, I don't think I could sleep in public. I mean, you're not sleeping in public. People. Technically, Wait, you okay, are. Here. There's like a okay, little ca- flap that's keeping you from the public. <laughs> yeah, but no one can see inside your tent. That doesn't matter. Like, they're just okay, one zip away. This? What if you're in a cabin? What if you're in a cabin? Yeah, I would like totally do that. Okay, no, so like, you would do a cabin then. Yeah, I've considered glamping. Have you heard of glamping? Yeah. Glamour, glamour camping? <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, I could Whoa. do that. I would be happy to do that. But there just needs to be some place where I can, like, shower and get away from the public <laughs> in quotes <laughs> i feel you okay i can feel you and then nice. just trying to get manuscripts sent back and just a lot of conference calls also lord all the conference calls oh my gosh i know so many conference calls i don't even know like where did they come from i feel like i didn't really do a lot of conference calls during my master's program but now i'm in the phd program i have one <laughs> one or two every week and it's like lord i mean it, yeah it, i don't know are people catching on to it is this part of adulting i think it's part i don't of know adulting, i think it is adulting honest. and it's also Ugh. part of the government like when you start working with people in the government yeah they do that a lot <sighs> it's conference calls it's teleworking it's every yeah. something with, with being remote and electronic i guess works out for them yeah but not a fan but yeah sometimes you can get stuff done so i guess i can't complain Speaking of technology and always being connected, I've started watching... I don't know. Have you ever heard of Black Mirror? No, I haven't. What's that? It is a series. It didn't start on Netflix, but it was like originally a British TV show. And so they always have like these weird scenarios that involve technology in some way. And so Netflix just picked it up. And so it's like it goes through like all the bad things. Like technology can be great. But then there are always like downsides to it. And so like they're so good. They're so interesting. They'll make you like reconsider using social media, the camera in your laptop. Like you need to cover that up. <laughs> oh, I do. Um, That's why I do. It's just like they just they give you all these different scenarios of terrible things that can go wrong with technology and like how much it can take over your life. And so it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> but they're so good. Speaking earlier about Netflix, are there any mm-hmm. new shows that you're watching that just got released onto Netflix? Black Mirror. <laughs> Besides Black Mirror. Um, I 
tried to start watching the new Luke Cage. It's the new Marvel uh, oh, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only got one episode in because they're too long. They're like an hour. And so... Ooh, that's kind of long. Yeah. So I like to just sit down and like take a break and have a meal with a TV show. And so I like 30 minutes to 40 minutes. So that's like okay. not so long that you feel guilty, but it's long enough to give you a break. Yeah. Okay. Um, I watch the Chelsea show all the time, but oh, yeah, I talk I about like that often. Lot. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's really interesting because it's like kind of, it kind of relates to what we do. And I've told you this previously. It's like a comedic kind of take on really important topics. So she makes it more approachable because like just the way that she delivers the information is more like relaxed and conversational yeah. versus like shoving the facts down your throat. And yeah. so that's why I really like the show because it's it's like entertaining, but you learn a lot of stuff too. So that's kind of cool. I feel like that's kind of like our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, very cool. What about you? Are you watching any shows? Well, The Flash season two and Arrow season mm. four just got put onto Netflix. So I need to watch um, those. I wasn't caught up on Arrow, so I'm catching up on it now. The Flash, I've caught up on all the way. And so now I'm just kind of rewatching slash watching the new episodes that are coming out on CW um, mm. every Tuesday night. So, yeah. And I wore the um, Flash sweatshirt for Star Labs today. Not really for Halloween, but kind of. And it was kind of cool outside <laughs> but, anyway. Kind of. But I got, I got two compliments. Um, one guy at the bus stop was like, oh, my gosh, where'd you get that shirt from? And on my walk home, um, some skateboarder guy saw my shirt and stopped me. And I was like where'd you get that from like amazon.com <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm very proud of my sweatshirt and i like it a lot y'all can get your own <laughs> just kidding actually no not kidding you should get your own it's very cool you need to get in the flash i need to talk to you about it i know chris I know. watches it our friend i um, need to but i need to watch green arrow first right well it's the arrow oh, but then the arrow. in season four he becomes the green arrow to distinguish himself Oh, but I still need arrows. to. I still need to start that first because Flash comes in later. Correct. You're right. You do. So, you need to watch them concurrently, though. You need to watch all of season one of the Arrow oh and gosh. then watch season one of the Flash with season two of the Arrow because then um, they what? start correlating with one another. Yeah, because if you watch only the Arrow, you're gonna get. Uh, they're gonna give away a lot of stuff in the Flash. That's annoying. Because what about people who are streaming it? Then they're screwing that up. Because I'm not about to be like bouncing between them. I mean, we mean streaming it. You can stream both of them. I know, but when I stream a show, I watch like one after another. I'm not going to bounce between shows. That's not what I do. Oh, well, I mean, you're just going to have to be ready to have a few things that are kind of told. Spoilers. (laughs) Yes, those things. So now it's time for Song of the Week, men. What is your song of the week? <laughs> My song of the week. What is your song um, of the week? So last time we did Anne Marie calendar, um, and she said, <laughs> "Yeah, I can't believe you didn't get that joke." I didn't so get sad. it. I was just like, "Okay, what I, a loser." I, I was like, "I'm sorry, I don't know her last name," and I felt like you kept attacking me with be, attacking me because I did not know her last name. And so no, I was like, God, I hope you didn't think that the whole I was, time. I was yeah, I was a like, bad joke. I was like, okay, I guess. Her last name is Calendar. Why are you continuing to rub it in that I didn't know that? <laughs> so at what point did you realize that I meant the TV dinner? When I was editing the podcast. Oh my gosh. So the whole time you thought I was just attacked. That's not... Yeah. Oh. I was like, why oh. is my best friend attacking me right now? 
<laughs> they hate you. Anyway, um, so last week we had Anne Marie. So this week we have Anne Marie again, and Woo! she's featured in uh, a song by Clean Bandit and Sean Paul called Rockabye. And YouTube has done a sensational job of suggesting new songs for me. Sensational. This song came out about a week and a half ago, and I just fell in love with it as soon as I heard it. Clean Bandit, they have like violins and orchestra uh, orchestra type of music and they incorporate that into a more modern edgy feel and they have really cool stuff but uh this song was really cool and it is about a topic that i don't really hear much about when it comes to more popular top uh, pop music the song is more about for rockabye you think of a child or a baby right yeah this song is about a mom caring for her child and that's the most important thing in her life and making sure that her child has a better future than she does. You know, again, I'm not experiencing it in the parenting world, but <laughs> I felt like that was a really good message to have and something that's really refreshing in a way. Because anytime you hear music that has a good message to it, I think that it's always uh, something that personally for me I can latch on to. But this song is really nice. So to all the uh, new moms out there or old moms <laughs> or medium aged moms i don't know oh um gosh. the song goes out to you because uh, of everything that you do and dads Aww, too i guess too so parents sweet. in general who care about their child i'm a shout out to y'all i'm gonna dedicate this song to y'all oh my gosh i'm tearing up that was so sweet all right i can hear the sarcasm in your voice get I, out of here kind of sarcastic kind of not okay so, <laughs> so but there are no tears no literal tears maybe figurative yeah. tears anyway so do you even have a song of the week though i do Okay, did you just find that last, like, in the past minute? No, I remembered which one I should do because I've been listening to it nonstop all week. Uh, okay, so what would that be? So I made this new playlist because I'm going to see Jingle Ball 2016 in December. And who's going to be at Jingle Ball? Okay, Jingle Ball is going to be Ariana Grande, my girl, Megan Trainer, Fifth Harmony, uh, D- Daya, Daya, I don't know how you say it, Alessia, Daya. Alessia Cara, did I... Did I murder that name again? <laughs> you didn't murder it. You did pretty good. Okay. The Chainsmokers and Lucas Graham. So, yes. so those are the... It's just an amazing lineup. So I've been listening to this playlist on Spotify to get ready for uh, the event so that I can know all the words and memorize them and scream them at the top of my lungs. This week, my song of the week is Right On Me by Fifth Harmony. Ooh. Um, it's very like I have never heard it before because I didn't I haven't listened to their new album like all the way through. But it's very good. Um, it's very catchy. Um, there's a lot of harmonies, and I don't really understand what it's talking about. You know, I'm not good at that. <laughs> they say "right on me" a lot, and they talk about coloring outside the lines and getting wings to fly. I don't know. I just like the not the harmony, but the uh, the um, canon. No, not the canon. Ugh. I know what you mean. How do I always forget this term? It's like uh, the chorus. Chorus? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess it it's is. really oh, good. That's not the word I was thinking about. <laughs> I guess that's what it's called. I don't know. But the chorus is really good, and it, it repeats it a lot. But, of course, catchy songs repeat themselves a lot. But yeah. it's I love it. So you should check it out. Well, link me, and I gotcha. Yeah, I need to listen to Clean Bandit, because I love me some Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, she's, I, she's relatively new. I'm excited to see more stuff that she uh, comes yeah, out with. because I looked her up on Spotify, and the only song that she had was Alarm, so. Well, now we know. Now we're we exposing know. her to the many, many listeners we have. She's going <laughs> to have, like, top Spotify counts very soon, I'm sure. All right, want to wrap it up there? Yeah, that sounds good. 
So you can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter using our handle at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. We always appreciate any reviews that you might leave on iTunes or any of your Google Play apps. So um, if you feel so compelled to do so and you really enjoy what you listen to, uh, we would greatly appreciate any uh, positive feedback that you have or feedback in general. Or if you have a question for us about us, stuff that we do, or just something random, you can send us an email at the email address that I just said. Uh, you heard our listener question last week, so you know that we get them and that we answer them. So please send us We should play Two one. Truths and a Lie next time. Ooh. <laughs> or Never Have I Ever. Well, slash, oh, that's probably most of us. <laughs> Never Have I Ever. The game would go on forever. <laughs> I think you would win over me because, as we've stated in this very um, podcast, I don't like new things, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Well, I guess until next time. Stay hyped. Stay hyped. We need to trademark that. Well, I hope you have a very happy Halloween. Yes, and everyone out there, even though you'll get this later than <laughs> you'll get this Halloween. like way after Halloween, but we but, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, and we hope that the weather was perfect for you. Not too hot, not too cold, and all you needed is a, a light jacket, jacket or a light costume. <laughs> Preferably a uh, ghost costume would be good. Just put a Boo. sheet over you. You'll stay nice and warm, or cover yourself from rain. Either or, man, we should have talked about how rain affects Halloween. <laughs> We also should have talked about, like, meteorology costumes or, like, weather-related costumes. God, we fail at life. We just... Would you see any Halloween costumes that were weather? Um, only one I saw was Gina on Facebook. Gina's in her Storm yeah, Chaser, Storm Tornado Chaser. Chaser one. Yeah. Well, I know um, that uh, Ginger Z did Sharknado, like, last oh. year, I think. That was pretty good. And she had sharks around her and whatnot. And I've seen cool. a bunch of um, like people using like polyester, putting it on top of their kids' heads and making them like a big storm cloud. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, we saw that video of the... Yeah. It was the raining, girl, little though, girl. which I didn't Yeah, really she like tilted for. over and like water was coming out of her cloud. I and I was like, I don't know if I want to have actual raindrops falling from my face, but okay. But, odd. but the article did say that was her favorite part. So as long as she's yeah. enjoying it. Sure. But I'm not enjoying cleaning all that water up later. Well... <laughs> You're not it's not her about dad. the children. It's about you. You're not her <laughs> dad. It's for the children. For the children. Clearly, that song did not influence me in any way about parenting. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway. It sounds like you're reconsidering it. No. 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 All right. Bye.